Gang, since they opened in 2012, I've been talking about the amazing rehearsal spaces and fabulous recording studio at Space Rehearsal and Recording here in Austin. Well, gang, Space has upped their game over the last couple of years and added a couple of new factions. One is a video production studio. Space ATX has taken the major leap forward in their evolution to serve Austin's music community with their new video production department. They're now offering professional video production for bands, live streaming, live sessions, podcasts, and just about anything you can imagine. They've also added a creator studio. Maybe you want to take your TikTok or YouTube videos to the next level, or it's time to stop using your cell phone pics for all of your PR photos. Their newest production room is waiting for you. You can also book their in-house video or photography services or bring a freelancer to get the job done yourself. That's space, rehearsal, and recording located just a few short miles south of downtown Austin. They now offer rehearsal studios, audio recording, video production, a creator studio, and more. Go to spaceatx.com to find out more. And take the talent train from Schmoesville to ProTown with space, rehearsal, recording, and video production. Let's get down. Hey, gang, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of How Did I Get Here? I know you have a lot of choices out there, and the fact that you're listening to this episode right now is not lost on me, so thank you. I'm not sure what platform you're listening on, but whatever platform you're on, give us a follow. And if you like what you hear, leave us a rating. It takes just a second, and it means the world to me. Plus, it really helps the show. So thank you in advance. And remember, the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here are available on all streaming services. Now, enjoy the show. Johnny, I'm your host. Welcome to the show. As you can tell, uh, I've come down with something over the weekend. I woke up on Sunday feeling like shit. Uh, I feel like I might have had a fever on Sunday, like afternoon. But I really spent all day pretty much sleeping, waking up and going back to sleep. Um, I woke up today. It's fucking 18 degrees outside. It's freezing, literally freezing. Uh, I got to make sure my stuff's all dripping. Also, I'm just tired. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have COVID. I took a test, but I don't have COVID. Now I'm just yapping. Anyway, uh, I hope you guys all had a good weekend. I hope you're doing well. Um, I hope you're following us wherever it is that you're listening to this right now. And um, I have a great show for you guys today. A really, really great show. Uh, and also, just really quick before I, I tell you who's on the show, I don't sound like this on the show because I did it a couple weeks ago. I sound normal. So I only sound like this in the intro. So uh, James Bookert from the band Whiskey Shivers uh, started working in a uh, in a liquor store. And while he was there, he wanted to do something that was different than the Americana sort of like roots oriented where he plays banjo. In, in, in Whiskey Shivers. He wanted to do something a little bit more electronic, something that, that, that appealed to his like electronic pop vibe. And so he started doing that and he does it. He started, he started writing and recording songs in this liquor store <laughs> at night when he was working there. And uh, he calls the project San Gabriel. Okay, it's called San Gabriel. It's got a bunch of singles out, castles. 
Tape Machine, Circles, Another One, Cruel. All these songs are out. He, he, he got a Sonic Guild award. He was awarded, he's a Sonic Guild recipient in 2023. So he got that award. He got accepted to South by Southwest this coming, South by Southwest 2024. So you can see him there. You can go to uh, sangabrielmusic.com for all of your San Gabriel needs. Um, he's also playing Saturday, January 20th in Houston at Bad Astronaut. And in February, he'll be playing in Portland and Seattle and Bend, Oregon. So go to uh, sangabrielmusic.com to see if he's coming to a town near you, see when he's playing, see how to get involved with his music, find out more about him. And um, I hope you are all healthy and staying well. I really enjoyed my conversation with James. Uh, he's a really cool fucking guy. It's hilarious. When we took these pictures, he was like, hey, make sure there's one with my eyes open. And it was very hard to find one of the photos that we took at the end of it with his eyes open. Anyways, a sweet dude, super talented. I love these albums where somebody makes a record all on their own. You know, like McCartney's first record or McCartney 2 or McCartney 3 or some of those Prince records or the first Lenny Kravitz record. All of them have some kind of vibe, you know, that really... You can hear the wheels turning in the artist, you, uh, even though even though they might not be, uh, you know, whatever. They're fucking. There's a vibe to it, and I really responded to this music that he makes as San Gabriel. So get out there and check out their music. Go to sangabrielmusic.com. And without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with James Bookert, who plays under the name San Gabriel. Let's get down. show james thank you for having me why is it called san gabriel is that the street you lived on or something yeah it's the river i grew up on oh the river and choosing a band name is hard yes it is (laughs) really hard they're all taken they're all taken and like i i always feel you can go like the funny route but that's not for me no you you know how every year at south band there's like a new south by there's a new band with like a crazy name remember diarrhea planet of course everyone went to that show because that name i was on that show you were Um, I tried to get them on the podcast, but they had gotten so many requests they didn't have time for people. Like, they were so popular that yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Were they thing. good? I can't remember they their were, music. They were good. What yeah. was that, 2013? That might have been my first South By. Really? 2013, I think. 2013, or maybe maybe it was 2012. That was the year before I played my first one. I think it was. Yeah, about 10 years ago. Now, you, you we don't we don't know if Whiskey Shivers was ever on the podcast. I don't, I don't You've know. You've never, we've never met. We've not. You would have come, wouldn't you? Maybe. Have? Depends. I mean, it's possible that someone would have done it, that one or two of us would have done it. Riverboat Gamblers, is that a band? Uh-huh. That has a f- some similar name in my mind. It, go- it goes filed like, under the same... I feel like that was a time... They're from Austin, right? I think that they were... I think there was a comedian in that band, and that's how I knew them. We played with them, I think. <laughs> it's so, so, welcome to the most blur. confusing yeah, podcast right. james do you remember no i think so i don't know <laughs> two dudes that have been playing in austin for like 15 20 years that can't remember which shows that they played at white Dude, with which band this year is my no i didn't start i started playing out here in 1985 oh you got me beat so 39 years okay. pretty sad wow that's a long time that's dude. awesome yeah 
My first gig in Austin was at the Zach Theater. I think it was in high school. I was in high school and I played for like acoustic guitar for like a dance company. And I played, some lady sang Nightingale by, who's that by? Uh, Carol King, I think, right? Nightingale. Nightingale sings the song. And then like a Nora Jones song. Oh, okay. And that was my first gig in Austin and it was in 2002. What were you doing, uh, where were you before then? Georgetown, Texas. Oh, yeah. Is that where you were born? No, no I, uh, my family you... moved here in 99, I think, to Georgetown. Okay. And that was like my, I was born in Texas, but grew up in Washington in Germany. And then. Did your dad an army guy? Yeah. Both my parents were army. Oh. Yeah. Both, yeah. What, both, what did they Korean. do in the army? Like, what did your mom do? Oh, wow. It's pretty crazy. They're both, they both retired as colonels and they were, my mom, what did she do? She she has a master's in strategic arms. She went to war college and she was, that's pretty badass. It's pretty, it's pretty, it was really intense. Yeah. Like she's like a sweet old lady, but like <laughs> if you would, you wouldn't look at her and be like, she's the person with a master's degree, but like she knows she a lot can about, explode your car. If she, she knows a lot to. about war. You know, she, honestly, like, like legit, she could take apart a, a pistol and, and clean it. Both of my friends could within whatever the amount of time you have to do it and put it back together and shoot it. Wow. Um, but she was in she was in a troop that analyzed satellite photography right after 9/11 so she was deployed and then after that they went to war college or she did and then my dad was also in Afghanistan and he was in charge in the, of, in the early 90s or in no, the no, after in, post 9/11 post 9/11 so t- oh, I think shit. he went in 2004 and he uh what did he do he was in charge of some of the rebuilding like allocating funds to rebuilding schools and education and like um, medical stuff. I bet he had a pretty strong opinion of how they left there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes, in an, that's a, that's in a an nice interesting it. philosophical stance on it. Um, he said one time, like, you know, he got to come home for Thanksgiving and Christmas and, you know, they, and he was saying, you know, up until uh, maybe the last war that you went for the duration was uh, Vietnam. And he was like, it used to be like, you went to the war until you died or it ended. Or it ended, yeah. And so he was like, you know, like all things considered, I'm pretty grateful to be with my yeah. family on Thanksgiving. I was like, okay. you know, I was 16, so I didn't, I didn't know like how to process that. Were both of your parents at the same time? No. No. They can't no, do that, no. right? Uh, they can they can but it didn't happen to can, us um, you can just ruin little kids lives dude no like when we were kids we had like a, we had an au pair in case that had like during desert storm right we had that happen because there was that possibility that they would be like you guys are activated and basically this person would be in charge of taking us to stay with our aunts in uh, Boise anyway this all happened because you asked about the name <laughs> San Gabriel is the river I grew up on so after all that moving around we moved to Texas that's a great story, though. It must have been fascinating. I mean, your parents oh, must dude, be fascinating people to have dinner with. I've, I've read about my dad and what he did in <laughs> Afghanistan, and it's pretty interesting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, sorry. I, but but I, I got to grow up in Germany. Like, I went to German school. How was that? Awesome. It was really cool. Um, well, did you... Uh, let me ask you a question, because there's something that I, I've always thought that, like... And I know this just from, like... Especially over the last, like, uh, decade or so, listening to so many podcasts with British musicians that grow up in their school systems and, and European school systems, how the focus is, like, you learn so much more about literature, art, and music 
than you do here? Is that so, or were they American schools in Germany? We went to a German school. Yeah, I only went there until I was seven. But we, you know, we always had choir. We always, I started playing piano when I was five. Mm, yeah, I don't really remember it being, I mean, it's, it's a lot different, but I don't remember it being more art heavy or anything. What okay. I remember is we would take field trips and like walk three miles instead of taking a bus. Yeah. Like we'd walk to the zoo or whatever it was going to be. That's pretty cool. It was awesome. It was yeah. cool. Um, what part of Germany? Uh, Frankfurt. Okay. So there's a army base. Yes. Yeah. Uh, not Camp King. It's been so long since I've been there. I mean, I was there till I was seven. Yeah. Uh, but I do weirdly remember it. I've weirdly forgotten all my German. But what I, the best part of my young adult or young childhood was seeing, I saw our first concert was Michael Jackson on the Dangerous Tour in Germany oh. at like the height of his fame. And the reason that I wanted to play guitar was his guitarist, Jennifer Batten. Yeah. He, yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. She had like... I was seven. It was around Easter. I rem- I remember like, oh my god, it was crazy. She had like these lights in her hair, and then like she would she like the Dirty Diana solo, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she was shooting like lasers out of it. Maybe this is just <laughs> in my childhood memory, but I just remember being like, I have to play like this is this is what. And I was seven, and it made an impression on me because I remember like so much of it, and just being like floored. I mean, we would have been what? He's down here to the right. So was that stage right? Up in the nosebleed seats, just like, like floored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Floored, fl- absolutely, like, incredible. Yeah. Um, and so that was what you wanted to go and you asked for a guitar then after that? Yeah, I had, so, so yeah, so I had started piano at five. Okay. And I'm, I think I was six then, because I started guitar at six, and they tricked me, and I played classical guitar for like, 10 years <laughs> but that must have given you some kind of great foundation though right sure yeah it yeah? did but I was like yeah you know eventually like I'm gonna learn rock like they're gonna we'll get to the rock part of guitar and now that never happened I figured out that I was just taken from dudes that were into classical guitar yeah <laughs> which, is, which is cool I yeah. like classical music a lot but uh, eventually I got into learning Michael Jackson and other stuff, but it took a while. I think it was important to my parents that I play. Yeah. Which is weird, but... That's good. Yeah. What did they listen to? All sorts of cool stuff. Uh, My dad... This is pretty weird. My dad was really into, like, Devo when we were kids. Oh, that's cool. He listened to a lot of Devo. We listened... My older brother really loved... We had a Cindy Lauper vinyl. I mean, that must have been right around the time that came out. 89 I was born in 84 so I remember being like a little kid and just like crawling around the floor to like Michael Jackson what's the one the hits of the day the hits of the day yeah as you know Cindy Lauper he listened to Devo we listened to Talking Heads all the time he really liked The Clash which is not what you think you're a military dude but no we listened but that's what he liked and then my mom really liked like clapton we had those freedom rock vinyls oh yeah and yeah. the tapes we used to listen to those on like yeah. long that stuff really affect it's weird how much that is like a core part of my being it's like the music that i heard yeah yeah in, like the first five years of my life yeah it, it still is like that's a second so it literally my my whole life has been influenced by that the that and like the Ninja Turtles movie that came out. Like, <laughs> I started skateboarding. I started playing guitar and listening to punk rock. Wait, know. isn't like a Vanilla Ice or something in that Ninja Turtles movie? Ninja Turtles two, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 
Um, anyone... And I did love that song. And I do have that soundtrack on CD. The Ninja Turtles 2 soundtrack. Right. I'm trying to think of who. There's somebody that I know that was involved with something like that. Or not that I know or something that I heard. That's cool. Anyway, with the Ninja Turtles, <laughs> it's just weird. You it's, know? It's a thing, man. I mean, like, I was like, I'm going to skateboard. Yeah. And I'm going to play a guitar. And that's what I've been doing. And so you, you, since then. you moved uh, to Georgetown. Yeah, during like the dot-com boom. From Washington. From, from Washington State, okay. yeah. And what year was that? 99. Okay. It was, eight, it was 90. It might have been 98. It was 98 or 99. Um, and that's when your first show at the Zach Scott was? That, w- that was a couple. It was probably four or five years after that. Okay. I was still playing guitar. And I was just a little, like, teenager, a weird little teenager, like, learning Built to Spill songs and, like, Modest Mouth songs. By that point, I had heard those bands through, like, skate videos. And I, I was still taking classical lessons, taking that really seriously. But then in my spare time, learning all these other songs and trying to write my own stuff. And uh, someone asked me to play guitar at this Zachary Theater gig. Those skate videos, like, for a long time introduced people to new music, didn't it? I mean, for a long time, like yeah. all through the 90s and maybe late 80s even. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I think a lot of that stuff was like, a lot of them weren't paying royalties, which has gotten a lot of those companies like, they're not around anymore because of that. But I think a lot of them did it because it was small indie bands and it was cheaper. You know, I like, think those indie bands are probably more grateful I think so. to oh, have yeah. had it than they've Ab- gotten absolutely. like a pittance of like, you know, 18 bucks for having their song on their thing. Ag- agreed. And yeah. they have people like me, like I've... That music affected me. They Those sold are, records from it. Oh, I mean, they've made lifelong fans, you know, yeah. probably unbeknownst to them. But like, I remember, I remember the first time I heard Built to Spill in a skate video. It just was like, oh, this is, I love this. What is this? And then downloading it from Napster or whatever yeah. before I could go into, get into Austin and buy an actual CD and like, just being like, oh my God. Like, and I'm, you know, I think I probably heard that when I was 12. So it's been 20 something years and I'm just like, still love it. Yeah, Still from that you know little skate video. There's something that I've noticed about those skate videos that all through all of them, yeah, you know they're on the they're uh, more indie, more punk rock, more ska. There was all this kind of Just stuff like ska, that. Yeah, but it's all music that has this feeling of freedom. You know, like no one's telling those kids making that music or skating in those videos what to do. You I, know what I mean? Yeah, you know totally. I think what. What struck me about that as a kid is that it it seemed very informal. Um, and what I I guess what I mean by that is, I think my when I was like fourteen, I didn't know what production meant. Right. But like you hear like someone singing like out of tune, like you hear like Daniel <laughs> Daniel Johnston, and yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. like you've yeah. never heard. I'm like I didn't know this was allowed. Like this is yeah, cr- right. this no, is I crazy, you know. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. and then you see it with like skateboarding, which is already this like cool act of rebellion and freedom. And like I don't know, for some reason that just resonated with me so hard. That is such a great way to say it. Like, oh, how did he? Wait, what? I didn't know you could do that. Like the right? Nirvana like, guy's wearing his shirt on a thing. You're like, wait, really? Like yeah. this? What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's well, like? I think I think that like the Shags had that kind of influence on early punk rock people that talk about them sure where they're like we didn't know you could do that i mean they didn't know they could do that either but right but like it was just like here's this thing it just exists in its beautiful form that it is like i don't want to say that it's imperfect but it's informal it's not it's not in any way pretentious not that there's anything wrong with that it's freedom no it's one's just, telling it sounds them like it sounds going. like it sounds like freedom and to me 
like I loved all that music growing up. Like, but there was something that the to me was like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. Like where I'd never really thought of that before. And then seeing Modest Mouse and Built to Spill and like, gosh, I just saw Explosions in the Sky. Oh. The last time I had seen them was when I was 19. Right. So 20 years ago. Yeah. Where did they, where did they put 310 or something? No. They, at, pl- they played it. The Moody. Yeah. Yeah. But the last time I had seen them was 2003. Yeah. When I was 20. And I, I was such a dork dude. I just pulled up in front of the venue and just parked. Where was it? That they were it was playing? a parish. So okay. I parked on Sixth Street, like downtown. Was like, I'm gonna get here early. Yeah, yeah. Turns out you cannot get to a venue early. But I like met them, watched them sound check, went to Waterloo, walked to Waterloo, bought a ticket, came back, and just like, I was 20. Like I'm a child basically, and I was blown away. They're such a good band. But I'd never like, I'd never heard music like that before until like skate videos and like that right. to me was like I just didn't realize that could exist. Yeah. So it kind of was, I was enthralled. Give me one second. I gotta make sure this dog isn't eating my shoes or something. Suspiciously quiet. She got the back massager? James. Well, I have this thing someone gave me. I have terrible shoulder problems from all those years of playing. And it's like an S thing. And it has I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You dig it into your scapula thing. or whatever. But she's chewed up the end balls so much that they scratch no, your... she scratches the shit out of you. You got to put a tennis ball in there or something. <laughs> so yeah. the sound of freedom, man. That sounds so cliche, but it... F- Can I it tell is, you something? Is, please. Very quickly, yeah. segueing into the music of San Gabriel. Yeah. Um, that, I get that from I get that from people doing a thing on their own. I've made some records on my own with no supervision <laughs> and no adults or anything, and nobody working the thing. And there's a certain vibe to it, you know. There's a vibe to your thing of freedom as well. Like it's in there. It, like there's a guy that no one's you know, no one's telling you what to do, man. You're in a liquor store. <laughs> it's it's easy to forget though. Sometimes I feel like I feel like maybe for a long time I waited for permission to make music or something or like and then I, one day I just started writing all the time and it was like oh all of a sudden I have like a bunch of songs yeah and I was like okay well I guess I'm just gonna do this like I don't really know why I had that hang up um, but like seeing other people do it, I maybe I didn't think I could do it by myself I don't really know um, but I think seeing other people do just make music. I saw is, you do a bunch of stuff with Sarah Hauser. She's she's a person that can do that. She's the homie, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what I was waiting for, but there's there was something early on in my life that with that kind of music and those videos and that presentation of it that just grabbed me. Yeah. And thankfully, we have great music technology that makes it a lot easier. Right. That's like that to me is like the. I want to say there's no gatekeeping in music, but at least in the making of it. It's getting lower and lower, you know, like that gate is getting lower and yeah, lower. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a great thing, uh, the democratization of the fact that you can actually have a day job where you can take your computer in there and make a record that sounds like that in a place where it doesn't matter where you are. The The other side of that coin is awesome studios are going under because no one right. is utilizing those spaces anymore because those spaces are now available in programs. Which, uh, yeah, which I get, there's, 
I guess, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. I have friends that use, like, Ringo's drums. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, on their, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and I've recorded in some of those places. I've recorded in some really, really With Whiskey Shivers? With Whiskey Shivers. Tell me where all you, where, where are the cool studios? Um, the Orb. Great, amazing. That, Great. That, that's what I'm saying, is like, I mean, I'm not, how do you say it? Where, like, it's, it's just different. It's a different time. But you still, places like the Orb are still needed. For sure. I mean, like, every, not, not everyone, a lot of really famous people that you wouldn't think, like, Justin Bieber recorded at the Orb. Yeah. Shocked the shit out of me. Uh, let's see, we did that. We did Arlen. We recorded this when we were doing this Arlen Studios, which was uh, blew me away because I loved that Sublime record when I was a kid. Right. So when I saw that they had recorded there, I was like, whoa. Uh there was a studio in when we were part of the the movie that we were a part of. We what did movie this. Were you a part of? It's called Pitch Perfect Three. It's oh, really? Like, yeah. And they flew us out. We had recorded it, and the guy was just like, "Hey, I'm going to change this one line just so I can say I did my job." We're like, "Cool." It's Harvey Mason Jr. Who's wow. like the guy. Yeah, yeah. And it's like in this beautiful studio. We got to do that. We basically spent a whole day not doing much because he just wanted to change one line, and then he was like, "Okay, whatever." But like. I, yeah, I don't know. I like those studios. I personally, I think this is my dream. Yeah. Personally, like. I like both. Yeah. I don't. Depends on what I'm doing. I haven't mic'd an amp for this project yet. Yeah. And I haven't mic'd a drum kit. So, like, the idea of having, like, a drum room, that just doesn't appeal to me. I get I that. Just, I just haven't gotten to where I need it yet. Well, the sound that you're in right now it is, I mean, the sound isn't like a bunch of people playing live in a studio capturing the sound. It's, right, it sounds right, right. like, you know, a, in the box. But yeah. It's still, I mean, here's the thing is, I think that's so interesting is that you're taking that approach of like punk rock and freedom and stuff like that, but you've obviously evolved enough as a musician and as a person where it's coming out pretty polished sounding, at least songwriting wise. You're a really great songwriter. Thank you. That song, uh, Circles. Circles. Fucking great. I mean, they're all great. That, that one, especially, like that one? I kept on going back and oh, starting you. it over. Yeah. You, never, you never know. It resonates with people. I like that one, too. Yeah. Um, I used to be a song a year guy. I used to write one, like, I used to just, like, try to write a song a year. Or, no, I would try to write all the time, and I could never, I just had writer's block. But you'd end up with just one song a year? Just maybe, if I was lucky. Jesus Christ. Um, and I had my buddy, Philip Michael Scales, one of my dearest friends. We've been friends since college. And uh, he was, like... I was like, I'm complaining. He's like, show me 10 bad songs. I'm like, I can't. I was like, okay, well, complain to me again when you have 10 shitty songs or whatever. Yeah. And I just started writing every day. Every day I would do a 30-minute challenge, just be like, come up with a line at some point during the day and be like, all right. It's like, hey, Siri, set an alarm for 30 minutes. Whoops, not actually. Um, <laughs> and then I would, I would be like, I'd, get a, I'd like get a verse and be like, I like this. Like, all right, James, you need a second verse. Like, you got 17 yeah. minutes left. Like, we need a chorus and a bridge. And I just wrote the first San Gabriel song that I liked. And I was demoing in Ableton. And I was like, just was, because I've never recorded anything by myself. Like, I've just been guy that played banjo and sat in front of a microphone. And sure. you know, just kind of played. And um, I don't know, I found like a 707. I was like, that sounds cool. And then just kind of fell into the sound that I have. And I was just like, okay, fuck it. Like, that started being my process where I was just like, I'm going to write something every day, no matter what, if, no matter how bad. I had to learn, I think what I had to learn was to not like 
uh, edit myself in the beginning. Yeah. I'm not censor myself. Just be like, sure, yeah, sure. that line sucks, but we can change it later. Yeah. If we can get something that, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By hook or crook and that. And I just started writing a bunch. I've spent a lot of time over the last like 20 years or so writing in that, in that way, yeah. uh, inspired by Bob Schneider having this uh, songwriting game when I was on tour with him where everybody had to write. He'd give out a title at night after the gig and you had to write and record the song somehow. Wow. And present it the next day after sound check. Wow. We'd all play him in his bus. That's badass. It's fucking rad. That's it was really rad. cool. Yeah. I ended up writing some really great songs. Like, I mean, I also wrote probably some of the most terrible songs you've ever heard that I completed. But that's the the point of that exercise in telling Siri 30 minutes is to actually complete a song, not do a song a year because you start a bunch of ones. Yeah, I think not making ideas too precious or not being too, you know, like, you just be like, it's just a line. It's just a line, man. Like it's The just more a- you do it, too, the less precious it is because you know it's not the last song you ever read. Like, Right, yeah. The less you write, the more dramatic the writing process becomes. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just started doing that every day, and I just started recording, and then eventually, I don't know, I don't know had, now I probably have like 50 songs. They're like done, recorded. I haven't gotten them. San Gabriel songs? To, a ton. Tons, yeah. Dude, they're fucking great. Thanks. Well, man. I'm going to release them all, fucking, okay. finally. Are you doing them, are you doing an, uh, an all at once album? I'm going to do, I'm, I'm just going to do yeah, singles why? forever. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. Or until you could release whatever. a song a week if you got fifty songs. You know what I mean? Like, oh my god, I should do that. <laughs> It'd be like the sixty-nine love songs, like fifty-four and a half. Um, Wait, who's that? Ma- magnet, uh, magnetic uh, fields, uh, magnetic fields. Yeah. Um, that record is so great. Man. So I think I was listening to a lot of magnetic fields at the time. It's funny because now that you've told me that about the Devo thing, I'm thinking about all the songs, and I'm like, oh, he did used to listen to Devo. That actually kind of creeps oh, through in some of this music. Straight up, I'm, yeah, dude. I don't try to hide it. The weird thing is, is like, I was, I was a, like a roots musician for so long, but I always had all these other. So is uh, Whiskey Shivers no more? Sorry. I think so. I'm no longer in Whiskey Shivers. Okay. Uh, if they were to continue, they could. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I know I, we got offered like to do a record with a label and I was just like, I was sitting at the liquor store, like looking at we got, you know, they had, they were, someone was trying to book us a tour in the UK and I was like, I would rather be at this liquor store working on my own music, being at work than being on tour. So towards the end of it, it was, for me, it was really stressful. You guys toured a lot, huh? We toured a lot. We toured all, we used uh, to do like, In a van? In a van. Yeah. Yeah. We used to do like 300 shows a year. Jesus For, for years. Christ, we were out seriously? all the time. It was badass. I loved it. I loved touring. But some things started changing and it was just, for me, it didn't work. There's, I, I was really excited by what I was doing with San Gabriel and it was just easy. It's easy to work alone for me. I think I, I, one of the things when I first started is I really feel like I got into a good process of just like whatever it was that worked for me. And that was just writing and recording something every day. Yeah. And then just like, I got whatever, 15 songs and just polishing them as best I could. Sure. But then I was afraid to release them. And then finally I did that and it, things got a little easier <laughs> yeah um but yeah i've i've since quit that job and i'm just doing music full-time now which is awesome that's all that's oh no more liquor store really no more liquor store did you ever worry like that might take some of the magic like someone that's a heroin addict and they're like oh, i don't want to write songs without being on heroin <laughs> like you know what i mean like i, kinda, I don't know if i can make say gabriel music I without did. being in the liquor store dude i did <laughs> but that's why i wrote that's why i wrote so many like i have like 50 or 60 songs like 
my fear was that I would, that's why it took so long to put anything out. Cause I didn't want to put, I was really proud of the first songs, but I didn't want to do like, Whoa, it's really great. Three or four songs. Yeah. And then like some not so great. Yeah. Four, five, six, seven, eight songs. And it's just like, right. I, I just have to, so I have two records worth, two and a half records worth of stuff like done, done. Um, so wait, how much do you play now? Live? Yeah. Uh, as much as I can. I can't play that much in Austin just because you can't play too much in Austin. But I'm going up to the Pacific Northwest. I for... saw that at the beginning of the, You're going to Portland and Bend and Seattle. Yep. And I'm, I, I got a couple shows booked up there and I'm going to grind it out up there. Um, but I can't play too much in Portland. So I'm going to just be back and forth. I've, I have a show the 20th in Houston that I'm flying back for. Mm-hmm. And I'll be back for South by. But it, the, I saw, yeah, congratulations. Thank also, you. congratulations on the Sonic Guild. Yeah, thank recipient, you. Recipient. Recipient. Yeah. Lucky guy. Um, that's the beauty of being solo, man. Like, I can just travel, and I don't need, it. Okay, I, so I don't you, need a bunch you, of money to survive. You do this live. Yeah. As it just uh, by your, you take that spirit of everything. Yeah, and I, I, and I'll run tracks and play keys and guitar and sing. And then sometimes uh, my buddy Jesse will play bass with me whenever he can. Okay. Um, but as far as on the road, I just do it solo. So it sounds a lot like the album. It sounds a lot like or the album. As, as much the like the album, like I the have recordings. producer brain. Yeah. So if it didn't sound as complete as it could. That's the thing is like what happens if you could get a band and then you get it together and it just sounds like a band playing those songs. You know what I mean? Like I feel that way that hip hop happens like that here a lot because yeah. people don't have the confidence to not go out there with a band, but they make these amazing records with like samples and weird drum machines and electronic shit. Yeah. When they go play live, they've got like some funk bass player and some like over... Uh, over heavy, rock heavy guy. handed drummer. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, dude. I've yeah, seen and you're I've like, ah, oh, you're killing your vibe, uh, dude. Yeah. yeah, I and to me, that's really important. I, I, I really struggled with it. I, I used to be like when I, when I was playing banjo, like I got obsessed with banjo for fifteen years. Like where I just play banjo like six hours a day by myself. Like wake up metronome. <laughs> like just, I don't know how anyone lived with me. Um. And like, I was so obsessed with music just being only acoustic. And I was like, if it's not fucking acoustic music, it doesn't even count. I mean, I don't think I ever went that far, but. Did you, did you guys play like Kerrville and shit like that? We never played Kerrville, but we played all sorts of, like all, folk, all the bluegrass festivals. Uh, what's the Folk Alliance? Folk Alliance in, yeah. in Toronto and. Uh, folk did you guys Alliance play like any like weird Colorado festival? Oh yeah, we got, in the, we got into the hippie festival. Which, oh, you did? The circuit, which was. Did you was guys jam a lot? Awesome. No. Why do, I felt like I. We were like the sore thumb band. We were like, which is cool. Like we always wanted to be, we didn't want to play festivals so much. We wanted to be like the punk. We wanted to be the bluegrass dudes at a punk festival. Right, right, right. To where it'd be like, right. Where people would be like, oh, whatever. And then we play and they'd be like, oh shit. Like, yeah. At, dude, I'm so proud of what that band did. Like, our live show it was as a guy that got to be in the band was so fun. But like I have people that would see us and they'd be like, I'm bringing my fucking friend. And they come to the next show with like six or seven friends who would be like, you guys are fucking awesome. We'd be like, oh, cool. Um, and we, but we got to be that band that stuck out. Like people would be like, I don't like bluegrass. And then they would see us and be like, I didn't know that I liked bluegrass. And they, they were people, you know, right, all right. of a sudden they were people that liked bluegrass. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like. I don't dislike bluegrass. There's something about the uh, the sh- the sheer force of it, where the dynamics aren't as dramatic as I like. In yeah. there. I feel like when the song starts in bluegrass, you just hang on to that shit because you just go and then it's gonna end. Take a little break, go into the next song. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, 
I was really in love with it for a while. Now I'm really not in love with it. I, maybe it just ran its course. I don't know. Um, I'll occasionally see Bluegrass. I'm like, this is tight. But I mean, I, I was doing that. And then my mind was always, there's so much music that like my mind was always on, like tr- trying to do something else and not really knowing, but having all these other influences, um, you know, like Built to Spill or Super Chunk or this weird 80s stuff that I grew up hearing. And then learn- that's what that's what I feel like this stuff is most related to because I don't think of built to spill when I hear this music. I think I'm I, I tr- he's my favorite guitarist, uh, Doug March is. Um, I think it's it's in there kind of maybe I mean maybe not I don't know. Um, but what's hilarious because when I started I was like I don't know what I don't even know what a drum machine is like what's a synthesizer and I'm slowly learning I still don't know much like this is all like such a weird foyer. For me, like, I don't know, like, we were talking about, like, you were reviewing that Neve thing, and I was like, <laughs> there's more compression at 4K. I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't either. That's why I don't mix my shit. I have someone, I, you know, I go with my buddy Grant, and he does it. Oh, yeah? And it's like, because if I mix it, it, it wouldn't sound good. <laughs> like, Well, I don't think you, I mean, I, I, there's also, you can twist knobs until it's, I mean, there's, that's, that's a real, I mean, that's a real, I know a lot of guys that yeah. are pro, like, real guys that, like, still, like, yeah. I don't know, really see what it does. <laughs> Oh, dude. oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's I would, good. I would be like, he'd be like, um, do you need this uh, bass guitar tri- triple track? And I'd be like, yeah, I just couldn't, I just couldn't turn it up anymore, so I just re-recorded another one. And I'd be like, did you just like be like, kick drum's not loud enough? Oh, dude, add another one and pan it. So I have like four. Like, I, I've slimmed, you know. Okay, so I say there's some crazy recording there, there shit was going some, on. Sh- yeah. I mean, I literally, literally, no idea, like. <laughs> but I, I i have i have my process now that works for me yeah but i was talking to this guy uh, grant epley is his name and i was like i have no idea how other people record records i have no idea i, I mean i know what i do and then i just add stuff until i'm like oh i think this is done <laughs> like or whatever <laughs> or, or make up new parts and then i'm like all right cool like moving on but i can't imagine like when you say go to those expensive studios i don't know what i would do I just plug directly into the console and just sit there. All oh, right, the way that the way that you do it, yeah, I, I, yeah, that 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 might be a little bit of an expense for no reason to to go in and and just yeah do the way you're doing it now. But um, I mean, to me, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's great Prince records where it's all him. There's great Prince records where it's all a band. I've always been. I've always had yeah. a feeling like that. I mean, there's great Stevie Wonder records where it's mostly him and great Stevie run wonder records where it's a band. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I, it's apples and oranges. I mean, to me, it's like, if you can exercise that muscle and you can deliver some kind of like real, I mean, these are great. They are great pop songs. Thank you. There's a record. I can't remember what era it came out, but James Bay made one record and I, I really liked it and it had these great songs. On it. And there's a couple of songs on there that have that feeling to me. Cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a pop music. I think maybe uh, there's no way you're not a pop. Like, yeah. You, right. <laughs> you're like up there with like Primo and like Dossie and all these like. Uh, Do you think we were taught at some point to be ashamed? Like, yes, I, I would listen. Yes, we were. I would listen to like I'd be in the car and I'd listen to like. I want it that way by the Backstreet Boys. And people would be like, oh, why are you listening to that? Because like, it's a cool song. Yeah. Like we're like Miley Cyrus. And like I never had a guilty pleasure about that maybe I did I don't think so that to me was never a guilty pleasure it was just something that I liked and people would think like my dad was like an Anya fan like 
my dad is not the Anya clientele. He's not the target demo. No, I but just, like he was just—he's yeah. like very serious man listening to Anya, and it's like I—I I don't know for whatever reason I never had that qualm with being like a pop musician. So this is like—I don't want to say shameless. It's just my pop music. Like it's my do whatever I want. There's, I mean, that's the thing is like, I don't understand why whenever somebody crosses a line and does something that everybody's going to like, why we have to feel like we have to apologize yeah. for it because we're not challenging an audience. I mean, I, I, you know, there's plenty of people I know that are like, oh, it's just three chords. Yeah. Well, you know, but tell fuck, it to ACDC, you, <laughs> you, know? you know what I mean? Like you don't need like for me, you don't need for, I don't need complexity. In fact, I I often it can be get lost in it. It can be distracting sometimes. Exactly right. Exactly right. I think it can get away from the point or it can distract me from the point. Yeah. But like, yeah, I grew up like listening to 60s music, like the Supremes. And it's like two minutes and 30 seconds, baby. Like that's what, you, that's all, that's all I need. Yeah. I'm like, where did our love go? Damn. Like I'm sad now. Like, what a beautiful. Yeah. And it just ends and on to the next one. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like there's also like, I feel like a lot of times modern music or modern, I shouldn't say modern music, modern recording, uh, it leaves me a little empty, almost like it's like a real sugary cereal, but like not, not a name brand, but like an off brand, <laughs> like generic I can, candy that's just sugar and they are just like, um, oh, it's just real sweet. Um, and that, that, I mean, I know that that's been happening forever, yeah. but one of the things about it that, that kind of turns me off about it is that there's, uh, um, it's it's the temperature it's cold like it's so there you somehow uh, have humanity in your, in your music. I think it's because, thank you and i think it's because i'm not super good at any one thing but, well, you not, know what i mean how sometimes like a, a record you'll be listening to the radio and something new will come on and you're like god there's no there's no human there's no human being that's a funny thing doing this i sometimes i think about that a lot but I, like, how long have you been playing music See that photo? That's 1983. That's Since my first gig with a band. So 41 40, years. 41 years. 41 years. I've been rocking. I I think I'm really lucky to love music more than ever, Like, but in a completely different way. Um, and sometimes, sometimes I let myself feel like, well, this person has no soul or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, I'm 40 years old, basically. I'm not the target demographic. And recently, my favorite thing has been, I went to ACL. And I just watching people enjoy music, even if I don't like it, I'll, I'm like, wow, like this person is yeah, like crying, screaming this person's yeah. lyrics. And you're like, wow, this is so powerful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Well, there's still I like vocal to... performances to me that, that kind of take my breath away being like yeah. uh, Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. Uh, uh, some ballad thing she had. Somebody else, I can't think of their name right now. A lot of times, the Billie Eilish and Phineas things, I'm really oh gosh, moved by those recordings. Singer. Yeah. And they're doing it just like you. Yeah. Super, super DIY. Yeah. And uh, but also like there's no they're doing they're doing it in a room. Yeah, in a bedroom. Yeah. In their bedroom, she's yeah. like sitting on a couch. Sure. Have you ever seen the thing with all the vocal edits they make? Yeah. Mind blown. I'm gonna sneeze here. Sorry. That's all right. No, no. <coughs> it's allergy season. Yeah, it is. I've been going through it, man. It's nothing worse than being a singer in Austin. I think that's the weirdest thing. I feel like 
Is that what it is? Yeah, it's terrible. It's awful. They, to me, I, I get like two weeks in between Cedar and <laughs> you're like it's time to it's vocal the day, spring baby. stuff, and then I get two weeks in between the fall stuff and Cedar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have like a month out of the year split into two week periods that aren't terrible. Being a singer, it man, it's tough. I didn't know that's what it was. I'm also not like the greatest singer. Mm. That's been a fun thing. That's something I'm learning to do is record vocals it's been like the newest thing and then trying to do a lot more harmonies these days which is really fun yeah that is fun discovering those and doing them yourself and stuff yeah you know who i'm really influenced by that i think makes drum machine music in a very not drum machine but like do, uh, do you listen to granddaddy at all i love granddaddy okay it's just love to it. the Jason software Lytle. slump is one of my favorite best. records even yeah. his most recent one uh what blue is it called blue wave i pre-ordered that but i yeah i'm like I think there's something about keeping it. Maybe my music sounds more human, human or whatever, because I'm not super good at any one instrument. Like, not a great singer. Like, I know that. Not a great guitarist. I'm, and there's I'm, no I'm banjo or classical that. guitar. Right, on exactly. It. <laughs> and it's like I'll do some bass stuff. And like, when I started, I barely played keys. I was just like. But sometimes that's where the magic is, because you're getting these direct. There's no, there's no bullshit in your. There's not too many notes. You know what it is exactly. I can't, I can't do a vocal run, so I'm not going to try that. That would sound bad. So I feel like I have to commit to like a melody that I like, and I mean I can like whatever. I'm not going to like cram a blues solo in the. Are you just going to pick up one? Yeah, like I don't want to put that in. To me, I'm not good at that. Yeah, yeah. And I never will be. I'd, I'd love to be. I'm just not. I'm just not that guy. So, like, I can't put that into my music. So, there's guitar solos are out the window. Vocal solos are out the window. But if, but if there is a guitar solo or a keyboard solo, it's going to be a melody. It's a line. It's going to be, be a line. simple to follow. Yeah, that's, to right. me, that's way better than Ingve Malmsteen or, like... Uh, I mean, it's cool if you can do it. I just can't, Eric like... Johnson, no offense against him. He was a guest on the show. <laughs> if, you, if you saw me play live and, and I was, like, improvising blues... You, we would both, we would both be bummed because I'm not good at that. Like, I would, I would think I wouldn't want to do that in front of anyone. Like, no. I, this is just not like I can, I practice that. I don't do it live. I wouldn't make you listen to me do it. Like, that's yeah, not, yeah. that's not exactly fair. Much less on a recording. <laughs> like, I, if I do do something, it's it's like a pre-composed. Yeah, maybe I'll step There's out of the box a little bit live. But like, I'm just like, yeah, I try to stick to like to me. What moves me in music is like that Motown stuff. I would say maybe James Jamerson is a guy that could improvise and have the most memorable shit ever. May and maybe he's the only dude that I know. But like And he might be so uh connected to his instrument that what sounds like improvisation is just some fucking baseline none neither of us would have ever thought of. Right. It's so great. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Because he's um, on another planet. But I, I just try to keep it simple for me. And without I don't know. I just am, am not I don't have perfect time, I don't have perfect pitch. I don't sing overly in tune. I just do you have to I do you have can't. to uh, pitch correct your stuff much? Uh, if some now usually I'll just sing in tune. I'll, I'll just <laughs> I'll do it until I get it right, or do a bunch a bunch. There's there was one that was like it, I, somehow I didn't I didn't notice, so we corrected some of the harmonies. Um, I try not to. I try to just get it as best as I can, which takes a long time. But again, I'm recording myself. Yeah, like. So I oftentimes I'll record vocals four or five times. Yeah. I'll change the key, whatever. Sure. If it, you know, if, if eventually, or I'll yeah. start playing it live and be like, Hey, like maybe this isn't great in B. Right. Like I'll move it to A or B flat. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I had a guy. I did some some. I don't I don't I don't know even know what it was we were doing, but he came to me and he was like, "Hey, I like what you do with recording. What do you do?" And I was like, "Well, I just kind of do it here. You want to come over?" And he's like, "Sure." So we do all this stuff. I took all my shit down to space. We recorded some drums and. It was just starting to, to sound and feel real good, and then he started singing, and I was just like, "God damn, Jesus, dude!" Like, "Hey, man, you gotta, you're like, listen to what you're singing because you're hitting these notes." Like, I was doing the thing, even like smile when you're singing it because he was going yeah. flat, and like throw your arm up, right? And you go to hit that note. All these weird things that people have done to me that it seemed to work, and nothing was going. And he's like, "Man, you have fucking auto tune," and I just like turned around, and I felt so old. But I just turned around, and I was like, "Can't you fucking sing?" The song you wrote, like, come on, man. <laughs> you gotta, it's hard though. I get it. Like, <clears throat> it's hard, but you know what? There's performances out there, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, all over those skating videos that, you know, if you went back and auto tune that shit or like oh, put it on the grid, it would be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. I agree. It's, it's a hard thing. Like, I, when I started recording, again, I had zero, I'd never press record on something. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like singing in my closet, and I'm like, fuck yeah, like, this is sick. I'm like, oh, I just skip over, do this one harmony. Yeah, yeah. Listen to it, and I was like, oh, that does not sound good. I was like, so I had to learn. That's how you learn. Had, had, I learned how to sing my own music, which was crazy. I just thought, like, oh, I can sing like in tune. I was a backup singer. It's fine. <laughs> Sounds False. weird coming from a guy that was in Pitch Perfect Three. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I was. That, that's. A, I was always a side guy, though. You know, like all, no, no. always trying to sound like if 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 Hordy's singing, I'm trying to sound like him. If Bob's singing, I'm trying to blend with him. Yeah. And you know, like. So when it came time to figure out my own stuff, completely different experience. I mean, that took me, I'm still figuring it out. It's been five years, I guess, since I started recording. But I, I, all that to say, I completely sympathize. Like, sure. And, but I also think that there's something about not being too, for me, too good of a singer that I relate to. Like all my favorite folk singers, musicians, whatever, aren't traditionally strong vocalists. Right. If, whatever that means. Um, right they're not doing riffs and they're not you know right whatever um, well I mean imagine somebody like uh, like Lou Reed or Iggy Pop having to audition at for American Idol I am the passenger <laughs> and all right <laughs> you know what I mean like they would just fucking they'd tell get the fuck out of you got no future for sure for sure like yeah. Bob Dylan you yeah, know exactly. and like meanwhile yeah. how many people yeah. have made a career off of singing like Bob Dylan like come on dude have you ever seen uh, it's on I think it's on Amazon Prime you can watch it for free, but there's a, a documentary of the making of We Are the World. Oh, God. And there's a part where, uh, do you, you remember this song? You know this oh, song? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a part where Stevie Wonder, I swear to God, is standing there and he goes, he's telling Bob Dylan, he goes, Bob Dylan's like, uh, uh, this just making. And he's like, no, oh, no, 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 Bob, Bob. It's like this, it's like this. There's a choice for making. <laughs> and he literally does oh the best the, Bob the Dylan. 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 I right that does Dylan's not surprise face. me. And all Bob Dylan says is, oh, okay. And then he oh, sings it just like that. There's God. a choice for making. That's We're so saving funny. our own lives. It's you and make a better day. It's just you and me. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, speaking of dudes, that he played Superstition by himself, right? Stevie did? He played drums on that. Yes. Um, Somebody was saying the other day was uh, posted something that Jeff Beck played us, but it was that was Stevie, dude. There's you can tell when he like it's crazy. It's just kind of it's like it's amazing, but it's like a crazy person playing drums. Like the fills don't make sense. No, it's just it's it. But the, it's the best thing you've ever. He's my favorite drummer, dude. I saw him <clears throat> side side story at ACL. 
A friend of mine used to work, you know who Daniel Lenoir is? Yeah. <laughs> so my friend used to work with Dan. Man, what a dick. Yeah. He's the nicest think? dude. Dude, he's... No, no. I used to, when I used to go to LA, I'd, Wait, go, I'd go to his house and I'd swim in his pool while they were like recording oh, Neil Young or something. And he's like, he's super cool dude. Jesus. My friend, his name, his name is Alex Chrisman. And Black Dub was playing this year. And so like I'm hanging out with Dan and Trixie Whitley and Alex and we're like, oh, Stevie's about to play. Like, cool. So we go, not knowing that this is like the photo pit. Like it's organized now. It didn't used to be like that. Like it used to be like, you got a wristband and <laughs> fucking chaos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do whatever. <laughs> and so we're fucking standing up in this photo pit, me and Dan Lenoir. <laughs> security comes through. So we didn't know it's the photo pit, but it's the photo pit. They come through and we're all standing in a line. I'm at the end. So they start talking to Dan and like, sir, you have to leave. This is the photo pit. And he's like, we just played. She's like, I know, but you have to leave, whatever. And Trixie's like, we just performed, like, whatever. And like, I'm sorry, you have to go. So like, credentials, you got to go. Credentials, you got to go. I have my dad's like 1976, like Pentax. Credentials, you got to go. She looks at me, skips to the next person, goes, credentials, you got to go. <laughs> Kicks everybody out. It's like me and like six real photographers. And I, Stevie's like where you are, oh, basically. Wow. Like, I'm right in front of the mains there. And he, he came out and ripped a guitar solo. What? That weird, oh, guitar, or, like okay. playing guitar licks. You know he's playing that weird thing now, whatever that is. Oh, I don't know. He's playing a weird thing. But dude, the way he leads his band, yeah. it's like fucking crazy. And then he, he like, he shuffles off stage for a minute and he comes back and he's like, the mayor just like extended the curfew so I can play 45 more minutes. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And I just, for some reason, because some lady didn't have the heart to kick me out of the photo section. You I got to watch there. him from 15 oh, feet away man, or something. That's it was just amazing. Like forever changed. Like Jesus. But sorry, yeah, that was that was a side note there. Hey, so what are you what are you uh what are you gonna do with your Sonic Guild? What what's your what's your not trying to get into the buy like but a vintage jazz master <laughs> <laughs> and quit music and retire. Um I'm gonna basically use it to release music um since the recording is free because because i just do it myself and i haven't bought any new gear in quite a while um i'm gonna use some of it for some video production stuff um i'm taking a class on video editing because i want to get a little bit more into social media um which I feel conflicted about saying out loud, but I think it's kind of a necessary thing. Um, I, I, I like how confidently it's kind of a necessary. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's not, it isn't, it isn't like my favorite bands are not social media people, but it, your favorite bands probably don't have gigantic followings of millions of people either. True. Yeah. But they, but they have like stable <laughs> careers and like, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I'm I happy it. at any level is, you know, I feel um, like if you're presenting something new. At this point, I think it... It's like the Rolling Stones don't have to be on Instagram. They've right, been doing right, it right, long enough. Right. But like, guys, like if I'm doing something with a new kind of thing, I feel like in order to, for people to see it. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, if you go in the newspaper, I was in the newspaper the other day in Houston. Fucking picture. Whole fucking thing. One person was like, Hey, you were in the newspaper. I was really? Like, yeah. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> tell you the last time. Nobody gives a shit about the newspaper. Dude, it's hard. Like, there's so much to compete with. Yeah. Kind of my thought has been, like, I'm really 
hard on myself for quality of just any music that I put out, sure. any, anything. And so like I have ideas for videos and promotional things that I want to do. And that's going to take me learning to edit a little bit, just and, like I had to learn to record. Right, right. And, and the presentation of that is really important. So like working on some lyric videos, I got some software and I'm taking a class and then there's like radio campaign right. promotion, right? whatever that costs. Um, and I'm just, I'm just going to do that. I can tell you about this video thing, like in... Uh, <laughs> it's my 30-minute alarm. In this band. <laughs> Is my song done yet? I'm in this band, Skyrocket, and for years we've made like cool little online posters and stuff. And yeah. our guy that does videos and stuff just got this new program, was like, hey, I'll make these little video things for like your stories and reels and stuff. And our like engagement, I mean... Is up like a hundred and fifty percent over the last month. It's a real from, thing. Yeah, it's people really like if you know how to do that shit and you can do it well. I don't, and you have some kind of taste. Right, it's going to come off. Quick. I think the best way that I can look at it, I have two two things. I have a friend who's uh, he's a brilliant manager. His name is Joe Pepin, and he was saying, I was like, I don't want to be cringe, and he's like, What's cringe, James? Yeah, is making good art and not taking it all the way to show to people he's like that's cringe to me and yeah. i was like fuck <laughs> like thinking i'm right and i'm like that's dude true, you're right like you know why am i working so hard to only work so hard but at the same time it's like i now have to be like a filmmaker like i don't want to you know it's it's weird it's it's hard to figure out but the best thing i when i think of it in the most positive light is it's a it's an opportunity to be creative and expressive and in another medium and so to present this in a different way and that to me is pretty cool like if i can figure out how to do that, how to have a visual component to this music that I care so much about, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. And so that's what I want to spend. I want to be releasing music every couple months, doing that, playing shows, and just trying to get it out to people and hope yeah. that people like it. Um, well, it's a drag now because it is like that. It isn't like, you know, fucking Led Zeppelin era where you can just smoke weed all day and like lay around, maybe go buy a radio station. I but make you, love to eight chicks and then go on stage and then go back and do to your, your castle show, that you live in. Yeah, and right. And then go back to your thing. Now you got it. You literally do have to be a filmmaker. You got to drive your own van. You got to fucking. But I think that there were a lot of bands that we just don't remember, or that they got a contract and they pieced out, like, or someone was like, "We're not releasing that record." Like I heard bands about bands. There's like a band that sounded too much like the Strokes. I can't remember their name. They got signed by the same label. Because they didn't want a band that sounded like the Strokes in the market as a competitor, they just tabled their record, ruined their careers. You know why there's a Sims Foundation? What's that? Do you know why there? You know the Sims Foundation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know why there's a Sims Foundation? Uh, no. Because there was a guy named Sims Ellison. He was in a band called Pariah. Got signed by the same guy that signed Guns and Roses to Geffen. Huge deal. They sounded. They were going to be direct competition. They're probably to Guns better and Roses. or something. So they fucking, uh, fucking signed him and sat on him. Yeah, and, unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, eventually, uh, it wasn't that, that he, Sims had uh, mental health issues, but that was one of the bricks in the uh, yeah, of course. the thing that broke him, you know? Uh, so, uh, well, the, the, then that brings, like, we were talking about, like, technology and gatekeeping or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I think what's, ex I can be negative about having having to post to social media, which I don't have to, but, like, that maybe that's a thing that we as musicians have to do, but we also have the opportunity that with this little phone, like I can get 
it's possible oh to get something out to the entire world. And like, that was not a thing. No, they didn't, you know, you had to go through those channels to do that. Now you don't have to do it. Um, I, I, and I have to remind myself of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, we all do. But that's what I, I want. This year is like the first, I kind of realized this, I quit my job maybe four or five months ago. I was like sitting around being like bummed out just because the world is terrible. <laughs> now, you, now you've got time to sit around and, <laughs> and be bummed out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I just, I, I sat down and made a list of goals and I was like, you know what? Like this is the first year that I can go all in on my art. Like there's nothing stopping me. I have money for now. I'm making enough money to get by. And then I have this grant and I have the opportunity to like, I'm not buying gear with it. I'm, I mean, I'd love to, but I'm not going to. Like I'm buying a course, I'm reinvesting it directly into music and learning. And it's like, okay, like I'm actually really psyched about that. Yeah. Um, so it, it should be an interesting year. Like I've never been given money to do art, you know, like. No, just, that's a great thing. And just you like that. It. Like, thank yeah. you. Yeah. You're a guy that I would invest. Like if I had a label, you're a guy I would, I would, I would. Well, thank you. I don't you. know what kind of jerk you'd be to work with. But. You know, well, that's, <laughs> why, that's why I work alone. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting, it's a lot, but it's an interesting time to be alive, but I'm, or an interesting time to be in the scene. I don't know what it used to be like for people. I know what people think it used to be like, but I, I also think that like... It's always been hard. They do, it's never been easy. I think Like all, trying to get a, a, a somebody to give you money to go into one of those studio places like Arlen and shit, that, that was hard to do. Right. Right. And we paint people like, oh, well, Jimi Hendrix, like he took acid and put it under his thing every show. No, no Jimi Hendrix didn't. was a fucking genius yeah. who played with Little Richard and everyone like he was the motherfucker before anyone even knew what that was. And then he came through with him being himself or Jimmy Page was a session player at like 14. Yeah. Like you were like, oh, he's fucking wasted. Like, yeah, well, maybe. But he was also playing guitar 12 hours a day. Right. For 20 years. Right. Right. And at that point, he's 30 or something or yeah. whatever he's. 28 or something um so yeah i don't know what the industry used to be like but like i'm i'm pretty thankful to like be able to do it the way that i can i, I record my music for free i pay for mixing and mastering it's amazing is like, which is like 400 bucks yeah and like whereas like you know it costs 20 grand to go to arlen and you know what i don't yeah. i don't i don't know to go into like a a really beautiful studio. And well, record, I mean, like, at some point too, if you, it, once you get, I mean, I'm sure you're not going to always just want to do it by yourself and it, you know, I mean, eventually you might want to expand your thing and right, like, right, you right. might get a chance to have some money to make a record like right. that. And you know, that's what, I mean, I don't know. I feel, I feel like you're in a good place right now. I'm, it was inspiring listening to your record and kind of like thanks. seeing what you're doing and like, Oh, there's a guy that's excited and like inspired and making shit every day. I'm happy with what I have. Like, I, you know, I like some of this cool gear. You have some cool gear in here. Like, I'd like some of that. And I suspect someday I'll have it. Um, but for now, what I have works. And I was telling my engineer, he was like, what are you using? And I was like, a Scarlet. He was like, that's so punk rock. <laughs> he thought, yeah, that, he thought that was so funny. And it's not, you know, the best part is, is I don't even own it. It's borrowed. I've been borrowing it for five years from my buddy, Will. So that's a nice guy, Will, huh? Yeah, thank you, Will Jacobs. Um but like, yeah, I don't know. It's such a cool, it can be easy to get down on it, but I think that it's like music, the music industry right now is pretty cool. And I think there's a lot of really good music coming out. Oh like yeah. From, man, from that's young great people. Shit. Like once again, people like Sarah Hauser, like, uh, like Dossie, like yeah. that group that they have the, uh, Kevin. Yeah. All those guys. Ladies. Yeah. 
All There's, those guys I just named four women, I called them all guys. <laughs> but I love all those people. I, they're they're inspiring to me. They make me and want to go make They're music. really doing it. Like they're out there promoting it and like. They're, well, they're all engineering and, and producing their. You know what I mean? Like right, they're all right, right. Kicking, especially Sarah's really fucking yeah. killing it. Yeah. It, I don't know. The I, Bell Sounds, too. Have you heard them? They're in your same I have, sort of wheelhouse yeah, of music. Sarah Castro, is it? No, no. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, uh, Noel Hampton. Maybe I don't know them. And Andre. Oh, she, check them out. They're really good. Andre has Cedar Creek, but he used to do the Congress House. Okay, cool. I'll have to check Great them out. Great engineer and producer. Um, too. Very Lenoir guitar player, by the way, love as that. well. Love Very that. spacey, like yeah. that. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll check that out. I've been like, I've been wanting to get... Uh, I want to be the world's oldest studio intern. I'm hoping to get an internship. If you know, what you oh mean. no shit! I've been I've I've been talking to you if you can go over I, to uh oh uh I could I, well I'm gonna be after Portland. I, that's kind of my plan. That's what I I wanted. If I could take a month or two, I I really want to learn how to EQ because I don't know how to do that. Oh, there's guys that do cool shit that you know. I mean, there's like Lars Gorenson. He has a studio in his house, but it's pretty good. Cool, it's a good studio. I've recorded there a bunch of shit. Now, do you record all your stuff? Like, No. I haven't recorded... I mean, I haven't recorded anything that I've put out here. I mean, I did from... You know Scrappy Judd Newcomb? Yeah. Me and Scrappy did... Uh, uh, right before the pandemic, we did a bunch of music for Dudley and Bob. Badass. For their morning show. Because cool. they, they couldn't afford to keep paying for the music they were using. Yeah. And so they wanted to pay someone outright. So they asked us to do it. So we did... Uh, like music for all their segments and shit. And that's the last thing that I put up. But I do record on there, yeah. Yeah, awesome. No, I just use it to send other people. But I've, 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 you know, I've gone back and forth between the lo-fi and hi-fi and lo-fi band and me. And, yeah. you know, just it, it just depends on where, where the songs are. You know what you I know? Re- what I, I had this theory with, like, when we were doing the movie, but we, before we'd gotten whatever, they basically sent us money. And they're like, can you record all of these songs? in like three days, whatever, and send it to us on Wednesday. And we're like, okay. Fortunately, the orb was open. And I think we were with Charlie Kramsky, who's a great vocal oh, yeah. engineer. Um, and the vocals we ended up using, Bob was singing and he blew his voice out. But the vocal that we got was a handheld SM58. Oh, yeah. And that's what's on the soundtrack. And I, I figured after that, I'm like, okay, if that, if a, if a hand, like I would not have thought, I mean, we were like hoping so much that we'd make the soundtrack. He was holding a 58 in his hand doing a scratch vocal. That's the final vocal. Sometimes that. And it was just like, my thought was like, if you can get a clean signal, I think you can kind of yeah, do anything. That's right. Um, That's right. But yeah, I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. But. Yeah. Um, I've got to be at rehearsal at 4.30. So we're gonna have to wrap this up but it's cool been, man it's been really great talking to you yeah, James. Dude, thank you for having me uh yeah man let's uh i'm gonna see you play um what's that bad astronaut place in houston does that place get some other somebody else i've been there it's a brewery it. it's a brewery oh, slash venue okay, okay um what is that that's with night drive i don't know yeah they're i guess they're austin man um but I'll be playing some South by stuff. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be back for South, South by. Yeah, Congratulations on the Sonic Guild. Um, great, and have fun in uh, in the Northwest. I definitely will. Yeah. Everyone can find you at uh, at sangabrielmusic.com and wherever on the on the you're even on everywhere it. else is just 
slash San Gabriel Music. Yeah, San Gabriel Music. Great talking to you, James. Likewise, man. Thank you for having me. Hey, gang, that's San Gabriel. Get out there and check out their singles, Castle, Tape Machine, Circles, Another One, Cruel. Uh, Go to SanGabrielMusic.com for all of your San Gabriel needs. And don't forget, they'll be in uh, Houston Saturday, January 20th at Bad Astronaut. Hey, gang, don't forget when you're out there checking out San Gabriel and all that stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Come back when I sound a little better. (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully I'll sound better by Friday. Thanks for listening. Go to SanGabrielMusic.com. Have a great week, whatever it is you're doing. Let's get down.